Hey y'all, this is Clint Schaffer from Around the Farm. And I wanted to let you know that this is gonna be the last and final episode that I host, but not the last episode of Around the Farm. We will continue to bring you amazing guests and conversations like we always have. But one more thing before I go. I thought it would be fun to leave you all with some of my favorite moments from all of our episodes of Around the Farm. Enjoy. Hey, audio onlys. This is Julie, a producer on Around the Farm, and I'm here to give you some context for who and what you're hearing. These first clips are from episode 48 with Tanner Dunn, our 2021 Thanksgiving special. Clint and Tanner's discussion of traditional Thanksgiving cuisine takes an interesting turn. I think there's a a, a dish out there, a turduncan. Duncan? A turduncan? Duckin? Duckin? Turduckin? Turduckin. Is that what I... Okay, there Duncan. you go. Yeah. Okay, now that I don't think's real popular up around us, but I hear, you know, maybe you get down around, even St. Louis, I think this starts uh, starts becoming pretty popular, so... Yep, I, it, I've heard about it. Any of that on Dunn Farms? Not that I'm aware of. We have turkeys. Okay. No yep. turduckins, but uh, we have chicken, separate, not together, but uh, but not, not a combined combined animal. So for those that uh, that may not know what this term is, it's a turkey. No, it's a chicken inside a duck inside a turkey. That's is that uh, right? I'll take your word for it. That sounds I right. Think that's the, yeah, that's a, the flow a, of it? A, a chicken and a duck and a turkey. Man. What a combination. What a combo. Yeah. Well, Turkey's good. You know, I, I think this may just be one of those uh, years, you know, you and I <laughs> should do a turducken... <laughs> Cook-off. I'm in. I, I that think, sounds I think like a great idea. All right. Let's do it. All right. That's a, that's, that's a bet, y'all. That's right a gentleman's there. bet. <laughs> All right. If I remember right, on our episode of planting, trying to eat chili in the seat <laughs> of a tractor. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, yeah. Chili's not the, that's not good, uh, good tractor food. <laughs> I think food, I'll pass. So, I think yeah, I'll pass. Yeah. Don't worry. We won't leave you hanging. Here's the full tractor chili story from episode 38 with Tanner Dunn. Well, I would also state the the other thing, the kind of the last thing that uh, that I go on on uh, on a meal is the funniest meal to have out in the field. And I've mentioned this before on uh, on a podcast too. And for me, it was uh, ended up bringing out chili, and trying to eat chili while in a tractor cab is just. It, it makes you chuckle. I mean, you're happy for it, right? Because who doesn't love chili? But you're trying to just bounce through the field trying to eat chili. It's I, I got an image in my head of you trying to eat chili right now. Yeah, it's probably bad. That's a bad image, like even if I'm sitting at a table, <laughs> let alone, you know, bouncing in a field. So the my mom thought spaghetti and garlic bread was a good idea, which it's not bad. But yeah. when you're trying to go through the field and spaghetti sauce and trying, I, I gotta have spaghetti on the garlic bread to eat it. So <laughs> yeah. that that was uh, that was an interesting one um, in the combine, but uh, but yeah, that chili that's an interesting. Yeah, one. If, I mean, if you don't put some some spaghetti sauce on your garlic <laughs> bread, you're just a monster. I mean, <laughs> you're not come doing on. it right. In these next clips from episode seventy five, Clint and guest Ben Schroeder reminisce over unreliable, outdated technology. You know, you, you talk about floppy drives, and I think uh, I think that's hilarious. You know, I've seen some like reports about you know today's kids. You know, they have the the save button is still the floppy disk, mm -hmm. but they have no clue what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. where where that icon actually <laughs> where, came from. <laughs> where does this go? Yeah, where does this disk go? And um, yeah, how many songs can I hold on it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like half of one, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was interesting. I just think back of. Uh, 
you know, back in school, um, I worked in the uh, in the computer department, and uh, all everybody's you know finals and their papers and thesis and everything else was all on three and a half inch floppies. Mm -hmm. uh, and you talk about uh, failure of these mm -hmm. discs, right? I mean, they were mm -hmm. not very reliable. And I remember, you know, uh, this uh, this gal comes walking in, and she's just in tears. Her entire thesis is saved on this, and you can't recover it, right? And it's like, that's like the only copy. And those are just like nightmare stories that I think of uh, when thinking about some of those old types of media. Whether it be failing machinery, inclement weather, or just good old human error, sometimes things simply don't go as planned. In episode 37, Clint sat down with Tanner Dunn to look back on some planting season malfunctions. I think it was dad's first uh, yield monitor was literally a flow flap in the in the unload auger, right? And uh, and of course, you can imagine the accuracy on this thing, right? Uh, but hey, it got us to it got us to a point that we got to the next level, right? And then you start getting your moisture sensors in there and your your pressure plates and all of that. But it was funny; it literally started with just a flap on the end of a end of an auger. Clint and Tanner got together in episode forty six to discuss when things went wrong at harvest. Well, you know, I was talking to Dad this morning, and uh, so we're getting ready to to, to start uh, start putting some soybeans in the ground. And uh, and I started asking him, you know, what was his what's the first field that you're talking about doing? And the field that he tells me is right next to the blacktop, right? Which is always like the worst place to start, right? Because you just got taken it out of the, took it out of the shed. You're going to try getting everything up and running. Any issues, you know, that you're going to have now, the neighbor's going to see all this. And, uh, and it started making me, uh, making me think back. Uh, one spring, I was running uh, this, uh, this inline uh, ripper that we have and uh, trying to do some, some spring tillage work uh, ahead of the planter. And, uh, and next thing you know, I'm sitting there tooling along, listening to the radio, probably, I don't know, on Twitter or something, right? Uh, Taking a picture of the scenery? Yeah, probably, you know, doing something like that, you know. And next thing you know, I just start running out of power. And it's just, you know, and all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I turn around, it was a soybean field, and we had just a little bit of moisture. Those stems weren't going through the ripper. It packs the ripper clear full, and I was dragging the largest bunch of stems, and it had basically got to the point where the tractor could not pull it anymore right next to the blacktop. I'm looking at this going, I can't even cover this up and act like this didn't happen. <laughs> I can't, I cannot hide this from dad. Doug comes down and Clint drug the biggest beaver hut that oh. ever has been seen. We had to get the, uh, the loader tractor out in the field and literally start pushing this pile around just so we could even plant through it. Dad and I had a, had a similar instance um, with, uh, with row clutches. This was the first year that we put, uh, these were pneumatic air clutches that we put on, installed them across the, uh, across a planter. And we go out there and, you know, we're trying to, trying to see if they, they work. Actually, it's actually, tell you the truth, no joke, same field that I've been talking about this whole time, field four of ours, right next to the darn blacktop again. Uh, and so we're out there. Well, the first pass, we go around the field and everything plants just fine. But that first pass, you're manually planting it. And when we're going uh, north and south along the end rows, we're weaving in and out of the telephone poles, right? You got to plant every inch of your field. You got to so farm I mean, the ditch. Oh, yeah, yeah you got to farm the ditch a little bit. And so we're going, you know, the first pass, we go in and out of the, the telephone poles, come back around, second pass, we start taking off, and row 12 stops working. It's not planting. Next thing you know, row 12 starts planting. 
And we're like, what is going on? Pretty soon we go up a little ways, row 12 stops planting. We get out, we go back, we check to make sure it's not plugged up, you know, full of dirt or whatever. Nothing, it looks like it's absolutely perfect. Get back in, take back off, row 12 starts working again. Get up a little ways, row 12 stops working. Pretty soon, we, after the second time of getting out of the planter to go check row 12 to see if it's working, we realize that we're going across where we have weaved out and the row clutch is doing what it's supposed to do, shutting the row off. <laughs> Working as expected. Working exactly how it is designed to work. And I'm not kidding, Tanner. We, Dad and I both just stood in the field, I'll bet you for a couple minutes, and just sat there and laughed. Like, we're like, what are we doing? It's always the little things. And you try to overlook everything. And it always comes back to just, you know, slow down and pay attention to what's happening. But yeah. I will tell you, one of the other uh, the other funny uh, stories that always pops up uh, as we're sitting here thinking about some of the planting mishaps and, and whatnot, um, if you go back, this is before we had like tenders and everything else, right? Uh, everything was in small bags, right? And we had this stake that dad made out of a, a fence post that was mounted on our trailer and you would take the bag and then you would shove it onto there and then you would stack them all up, all the empty bags, right? How we didn't impale ourselves on this as a kid, I have no clue because there was like literally a sharp point on this to go through the bags. But anyway, we'd shove them all on and then you take this stake off of the off of the trailer and go stick it on the ground and then light it on fire and you'd burn your bags, you know, and take off planting, right? And I'm not kidding. It was at least once a year, you would come back. Like, let's say you'd started planting and you'd go up over the hill. You would come back on the next pass, drop over that hill, and realize that you set the entire field on fire. And it's like, oh, no, what are we going to do? <laughs> I was just going to say, burning bags in an open oh. cornfield doesn't sound like a bright idea. But no, I no. Maybe I'm missing something here. No, but I tell you what, for some some reason, you would put it in the side of the ditch thinking there's enough green grass and nothing would go. And next thing you know, like I said, half your field's on fire. So, no, we've we've had plenty of mishaps on that side of it. The Seaton Fire Department knows when Chaffer Farms are planting. <laughs> yeah, follow the smoke. Follow you'll, the smoke you'll, 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 you'll find what field we're in. We talked about already trying to farm every inch of a field, you know, swerving in and out of the telephone poles and everything. Well, Dad was doing that down where my Uncle Bill lives, right? That, uh, that 80 acre field down there. And he's going around there. There was this old windmill that was right up against the edge of the field. And it, 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 it's so old that it just has the gearbox on top. It doesn't have any of the fins, you know? A little tri tripod, uh, I don't know, 20 foot in the air or whatever. And dad's trying to get close to it. And every year we get closer and closer and closer, right? I mean, right, right next to this thing. Well, finally he was going around and he caught it with the, with the planter marker, the, just the, the, the frame of it, and catches that thing. And he at least got stopped. And as he stops, this thing decides to just tumble over and fall directly on the planter. And I have no clue how. I, I, I still say today, he's just, you know, one lucky farmer, but uh, did not break a single thing on the planter. Just it fell straight down. Fell straight, straight down. The gearbox landed off the planter, so it actually didn't even, like the heaviest part didn't hit anything. But of course, we had to stop, go get the, the loader tractor, and go pick up this, this windmill that was on our planter. Is there a common theme with loader tractors in the field during planting season? Because I sure feel like it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, if there's a loader, loader tractor out there, it's probably not a great day.
We had something similar with our uh, with the back end of the combine. This would have been several years ago. Uh, you know, I mean, they're they're built well, but I mean, that's probably one of the weaker points of a combine, right? I mm-hmm. mean, just a, a lot of weight and uh, and a lot of leverage back there. Well, we put on those. Uh, of course, we farm uh, a lot wetter farm, and uh, so yep. we run those uh, big floater tires, right? And we yeah. put uh, some pretty big floater tires on the uh, on the back of the combine as well. And Dad's uh, Dad's going along, and this was at our uh, Keysburg farm, which has our center pivot on it. And next thing you know, going through, going through, and just doesn't want to steer anymore. And uh, and he looks back, and what ended up happening is the tire falls into the rut of the of the irrigation right gets stuck in there and then snaps the tie rod and so next thing you know i mean (laughs) this thing's just towed out you know basically just bulldozing plowing the entire field yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so uh so here we are you know it's one of those where trying to find an entire tie rod that goes across the back of your combine isn't usually the easiest thing. So that was a quick trip to, uh, to Kokel's welding and uh, get them to, uh, to weld it up and get it back on. So, you know, we, we've had similar things on uh, just sticking on this whole, uh, this whole tire piece. Uh, again, run those big, uh, big floater tires. Uh, I think we run uh, big old Metos floater tires now on the on the front of them. Uh, but uh, but we've also snapped final drives. Oh off, yeah. You know, and uh, next thing you know, you're going along, and the whole combine, you know, feels like it drops into a crater. And yeah, uh, that was more on some of the older combines. I think that just had some, you know. They probably weren't built for as big of tires and and things that we're putting on them today. But uh, I think a majority of them now, I've, I mean, they're they're built pretty. pretty oh yeah, heavy, no, so. it, we haven't had any issues. Knock on wood. But anyway, one of the the stories we have a we have a chopping head at this point, right? And uh, this particular chopping head has lawnmower blades on the on the bottom of it, right? That basically yep. you know chop the stocks. Uh, so he's going around this one field, and you know we farm around a ton of trees, right? And there's, every year, there's a whole bunch of trees that have fallen out in the fields and you got to, you know, pick around them. Well, he's trying to pick through this this uh, this tree, backs up, looks at it one more time and raises his head up just a little bit to get that one last cob, right? And that lawnmower blade smacks that tree and shears a $2,000 gear, <laughs> uh, gearbox, how was that one ear? <laughs> a two thousand dollar gearbox for one ear, and and so yeah, so I you can imagine I've made fun of him, uh, you know, quite a bit on that one of like, uh, hey, is that uh, that ear worth it there? <laughs> on, on Chaffer Farms, the one story uh, the dad always shares. I think I was too young to to, to truly remember this, but uh, I'm going to share it anyway. But uh, dad's going along, and and I can't remember whether it's with the bean platform or the corn head. Uh, but going along and uh, you know how you always have critters running in front of you, right? You yep. know, especially when you get down to some of the, the shorter, you know, end of the rows there. Uh, anyway, a skunk decided not to run faster than what the combine <laughs> could go. And uh, and unfortunately, that poor little critter goes all the way through the, the thrasher. And uh, dad just kept saying, he goes, he's in the combine cab trying not to probably lose his lunch, right? And he's like, it took probably two to three seasons before he could stop smelling that skunk. But yeah, that was one of those where I'm surprised that, uh, you know, that wasn't an excuse to to trade combines at that point in time. (laughs) That skunk may have bought the farm, but these raccoons are living their best lives. 
It's episode 61 with Erin Holbert, a YouTuber known for her ag-focused content and inspired choice in pets. Those definitely help. I think half of my YouTube subscribers came for the raccoons. Um, It started out, I don't even remember what year it was. Um, I went outside one morning, I was still selling seed and my dog at that point, I thought she'd found a kitten. Um, Nope, it turns out that she stole a baby raccoon from the nest um, just wanted it to be her buddy and was trying to take care of it. And I was like, oh man, I know they're a nuisance, but I feel so guilty that my dog just stole this raccoon. Like even if I could find the nest, the mom's not going to take it back. So I threw the raccoon in a box. The eye, his eyes were still closed and I stopped at Rule King on my way to my sales calls that day to get some formula in a bottle. And it just kind of went from there and Um, They were a lot of fun, and I think I've had four or five since then. Um, So I was pretty bummed this year. I didn't have any. I guess I got a reputation. Um, If you search me on Yahoo, the neighbor found this out. If you search Aaron Holbert, the first thing that comes up is Raccoon Lady. So I'm not sure that that's really how I want to go down in internet history, especially when you Google who the raccoon man is. But... You just, I guess we'll have to embrace it. Oh, you know, it's, it's just part of it, right? I do right. have to say, this is a, a fun little fact. I, I have actually raised, uh, I think we've raised three raccoons uh, myself. So uh, growing you? up, we had them on the farm uh, a couple different times. And uh, one of them that we had, we had a set of twins. And I was probably, probably close to 16 and I would be on the four-wheeler running through the pasture checking hot wire for those cattle that we were talking about. And they would literally, I would have a raccoon baby on both sides of my shoulders and they would just be crawling over my head as I'm, you know, flying down the field, you know, checking hot wire. They are some of the most fun pets that you can have. You do got to watch out when they get, uh, get bigger, of course. But, uh, man, they are they are yes. just so, so unique on, on how they just handle everything I, I think raccoons are just so adorable oh they're a blast for sure okay so somehow i have found myself in the ribeye tent and uh john how, how do we how do we get to the spot where we're gonna have a ribeye eating contest i'm not sure you have to tell me i don't know <laughs> i think you got bull and told yeah, on this one yep, i got i got pressured into this one for sure i didn't have a choice but. all right well i tell you what i think what on the on the count of three we just rip into these things, and and the first one done wins. Let's do it. I, I think in the end of this, we're both going to be winners because I mean we're eating awesome ribeye sandwiches at the Farm Progress Show. Absolutely, can't beat it. All right, can't I'm going to set this down though, so don't no yeah. no head starts all right, here. All right. all right, here we go. In three, two, one, go. I feel like you've done this before. You lied. That was impressive. Wow. That was a good match. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I had about four earlier, so you caught me at a bad time. Bro, if it helps, I'm the Iowa national eating champion. Oh, okay. No, oh, I'm just totally good. Totally good. That would make sense. <laughs> totally good. Well done. 
thanks for playing along. Yeah, that was fun. That, that was, was fun. fun. All right. Maybe next time we'll get half down by the time you finish. Yeah. You know, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Joey Chestnut, you're next. And now you're going to see some footage from the vault, unaired, unauthorized, from our trip at Commodity Classic in 2023. We shot this, we had a blast. And here's a few clips. We're on a quest to find a rare secret stone. Where do you find those stones at? Well, the commodity classic, of course. Let's head on inside. Mysterious artifacts of unknown origin have been uncovered, and some believe they could be the key to the very future of agriculture as we know it. The symbols carved into its surface bear remarkable resemblance to field view imagery. Dave, how's it going today? Doing well. How are you doing today, Clint? I am on this, this quest to find this ancient, mysterious rock. Can you give me any information around this? You know, somebody told me not too long ago, I think maybe Field, Fieldview might have had some information that uh, would possibly help you out there. Okay, well, I'm going to keep uh, keep moseying then. So, you Dave, yeah, thank you. Clint, great to meet you. I appreciate you stopping by. And, and enjoy the rest of the show. Will do. Thank you. Better than I deserve, sir. <laughs> All right. So, Brandon, I am on a quest here at Commodity Classic to find, you know, this ancient old uh, old rock. Can you point me in any good direction here? Man, I've been hearing a lot about this rock. I don't know where, what it is, but this field view folks and the foreground folks over there, I I, I hear it somewhere over there. So. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna head that way and uh, and go check it out then. Right. So, thanks, hey, man. You bet. Thank All you. All right. Hey, Britt, how's it going today? Doing well, doing well. I oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's been a, it's been an adventure to say the least. I am in search of this ancient stone, and I keep hearing about it, and I'm trying to find it. Do you have any information for me? You know, I've I've heard talk about it this week, and I think you might want to check with the folks at Fieldview. Okay, I'm gonna head that direction then. So, well, Great. thanks, Britt. Thank you. Thanks for the time. Have a good one.
How's it going today? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. You know, I'm just walking around, having a little adventure here on uh, Commodity Classic, trying to find this ancient, mysterious rock. I've heard rumors that the guys at Fieldview booth know a little bit about it. Okay, well, I'm gonna head that direction then, so I appreciate the time. No problem, thank you. Have a good one. You too. Caitlin, how's it going today? Well, doing well. I'm on a little bit of an adventure here at Commodity Classic, and I'm trying to find this ancient, mysterious stone. And I was just curious, have you heard anything about that? You know, I've heard rumors. I think it has something to do with the Fieldview folks, so you might want to check over there. Okay, I'm going to head that way then. So, all right, thank you. Mr. Joe Nail, how's it going Good today? Good to see you, Clint. How you doing, bud? Doing wonderful. I, I hear that uh, that you're retiring here. Yeah, a couple more weeks. Uh, it's been a great run at Fieldview, though. I love it. Commodity Classic is absolutely one of my absolute favorite sh shows. Mysterious artifacts of unknown origin have been uncovered, and some believe they could be the key to the very future of agriculture as we know it. But before I go, I wanted to tell you about our YouTube channel. This episode has never-before-seen content from Commodity Classic 2023 that you won't want to miss. Check out all of this and more on the Fieldview YouTube channel. Take us home, Clint. Now, with that said, I do want to say thank you to everybody out there. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to all of our incredible guests. Uh, and also thank you to, uh, to everybody that makes this podcast possible as well. So, uh, you know, our producers and directors and editors, uh, thank you for that as well. This has been uh, a heck of a ride. And uh, this is the last time that, uh, that you'll see me around the farm, 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 around the farm.